So everyone who I respect regarding their taste in movies and TV shows was telling me I had to watch Black Mirror, the TV show on Netflix. And so I, after getting done with all the other shows I had to watch, like, you know, The Crown and all those other shows, I sat down. This is probably before The Crown, but just This is like exam, a year ago. This is a while ago, yeah. Yeah. And so I sat down and watched the first episode of season one. And about 20 minutes into this episode, I thought, this is the dumbest show of all time. I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> you know, and occasionally that'll happen. You know, someone will be like, dude, you got to watch the, you know, blank. Right. And then you start watching it and you completely lose respect for that person. <laughs> it's like, you know, that you just can't always guarantee that everyone has the best taste. And so I'm, I'm you know, halfway through the first episode of season one in of Black Mirror, and I'm just thinking, this this show is really cheesy. It's silly. It's gross. It's inaccurate. It's, you know, it's unrealistic. And so I put it down, and then I kept hearing people say, oh, you got to watch Black Mirror. And I just like, is everyone... Does everyone have terrible taste? <laughs> and by the way, I, you remember you told me about this episode. Yeah. I was over uh, and uh, we had just done a podcast actually. And you said, oh my God, I just watched the worst show ever. It's like this thing called Black Mirror. And I'm like, really? It's like, yeah. It's like kind of like a Twilight Zone, but it's terrible. And then you described how, how it was like totally unrealistic. So I went and watched the episode just to see just how bad it was. You know, like in Saturday Night Live that remember the Tom Hanks like, wow, this milk smells terrible. Yeah. It's like, really? Let me smell it. <laughs> so I went and watched the episode and I agreed. I was like, oh my God, this is terrible. Yeah. Because it was so unrealistic. The decision, none of the decisions made sense. Yeah. Yeah. So we both put it aside. That's and right. And then... Again, uh, over the next couple years, it's just everyone's, oh, you got to watch Black Mirror. You got, and I thought, man, what, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. So I watched the second, ep- I just said, I'm not watching the first episode because I never <laughs> even finished it. Right. So I go, okay, I'll just start, I guess, maybe the second episode. And I started watching the second episode and af- and I was like, the little, as it's going on, I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. It's kind of cheesy. But then it 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 all came together for me about fifteen minutes into the into the second mm-hmm. episode. I, I I felt this deep sense that the uh, writers and the creators of this were in a very parable way making a, a point about our current society. Yeah, and and certainly there's a lot of shows like that that try to do that. But I just felt like Black Mirror did it in such a way that was entertaining wasn't silly aside from the first episode of season 1 and felt i could feel it in my bones if that makes any sense yeah. i just i just felt like this is this is satire that's deep in, yeah, yeah. in some in some ways you know that's right and the characters are interesting and you, you care about them and so so i i i just finished season 3 because that's all that they have now. And each season only has like four-ish, four or five episodes or something. I feel like season three had more episodes than... Maybe six. Than the previous two yeah, seasons. maybe six. And so I thought we would do an episode on each season. And this is where we're going to talk about season one. What do you say, Berto? I love it, especially because I haven't finished season three. I have like two episodes left. Okay. So this is perfect. Um, yeah, let's do it. 
This is the Psychology in Seattle podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I'm a professor, and I'm also a licensed marriage and family therapist. My name is Humberto Castaneda, and I advise presidents that get into problems with pigs. So, do you know why it's called Black Mirror? Um, I'm imagining that it's like a reflection of our society, but it's dark. Interesting. Uh, I've thought that it's because when you turn off your TV, it's like a black mirror. Oh, Because they have that, at the beginning, it's like it breaks. The, oh, you're right, yeah. Anyway. But I don't know. It's just, a, just yeah. a guess. Maybe it's both. Maybe it's got a literal and a and a figurative part to it. Yeah. Um, okay, season one, episode one, the national anthem. Let's just talk about this. Yes, it's let's just talk about episode. it. Spoiler alert. Yeah. So uh, we're going to spoil it. And this... This um, show is one of those shows that you cannot enjoy if you've had it spoiled. Yeah. There, there are certain episodes that it would completely ruin it. Yeah, it the whole the point is the carefully laid out twists and turns, mm-hmm. and um, this this season has that. So okay, so go watch it. Um, each episode is like a mini movie, mm-hmm. like a short, they're long movie. Yeah, yeah like. Like, you know, an hour and 10 minutes, sometimes 45 minutes or something. And they feel like little individual movies. In fact, I heard that some of them have been optioned to actually make full-blown movies out of them. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, Okay, so episode one, the British prime minister is given a dilemma. The princess is kidnapped. This is very much a British kind of plot because <laughs> as I'm watching it from my American eyes, I'm like, who cares about a princess? Do you know what I mean? But, the, but they keep laying it out. It's just like the, not just a princess, but the princess was kidnapped. Yeah. You know, I rewatched these episodes the other night and, and I'm just like, the, what does the princess even mean? By the way, uh, one of the reasons I think that it's so much harder to re- to even relate to that first episode is because a lot of the other episodes deal with just normal people. Yeah, this one had like this, like, oh, these are royalty dealing, and like, and so it's like, well, I'm not royalty. I don't even know what you're talking about. Right? Yeah, exactly. The kidnapper who kidnapped the princess demands that the PM, Prime Minister, have live sexual intercourse with a pig on national television, and his instructions are very specific so that the Prime Minister can't fake it. Um, there's a bunch of cheesy scenes with the press and with his advisors that I, that's what really threw me was his, mainly his, the meetings with his advisors. Yeah. Basically his advisors have no good advice. Nope. <laughs> they, they, they seem that to know nothing about, I mean, these are advisors to arguably one of the top five most powerful people on the planet. Right. And Britain has been, at the forefront of dealing with terrorism and with world politics and with crises for centuries. Right. And these advisors act like they've never even considered the possibility of a, of a terrorist attack or someone kidnapping Emotional someone. blackmail inside of the royal family, nothing. <laughs> yeah, they've never considered it. And, and I'm just like, my God. The, and the prime minister also just seems completely... It's like his acting, the way that they directed him, the way that they wrote him, it's like they just took a a random guy off the street, like like a you know, a banker. Do you want to be prime minister? Yeah, and for that day they made him prime minister. Because if you're prime minister, you've had years and years of of how to of dealing with crises, of right. 
talking with your advisors. I mean, he's sitting there in the morning and he's looking at this and he's watching this YouTube video and the princess is, you know, is kidnapped and then the kidnapper says you have to have sex with a live pig and he's just looking at the screen with this aghast look. He's like, "What? What is going on here? I mean, what? You know, I mean, I have to think that on a I don't know, a monthly basis, the prime minister is dealing with much bigger shit yeah. than a than a princess being kidnapped, you know? Yeah, like they're they're going to drop the nukes this time. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. I mean, just his fate. I mean, again, they, they make it seem like he's just like just a banker off the street that's never right. dealt with a crisis. And, and well, and even if you can't account for like, okay, one of your family members has been kidnapped, right? Like the the focus wasn't on that; it was on the horror horror of like a pig. Yeah, a pig. It's like wait, wait. That's what they're asking for. You're you're focusing on the whole wrong thing. Like, right. yes, there is a crisis. Your family member is missing. That's horrible. Yeah. Now the country needs help healing because I don't know what's going to happen. Right. Instead, it's like a pig. I can't fuck a pig. Right. <laughs> and pretty quickly, his advisors, mainly his chief adv- advisor, starts to not only recommend, but <laughs> highly pressure him to have sex. <laughs> like, I think you're going to have to do it, dude. <laughs> not, not, not just that, but like, if you don't, the country okay this is i i rewatched this scene the 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 most senior elderly woman yeah. you know she's she's very powerful and she says if you don't have sex with the pig and you know comply with this terrorist kidnapper you know if you don't basically do everything that this guy says even though he's a criminal and a right. terrible human being if you don't do everything he says the country is going to turn on you your party your political party will turn on you you won't be prime minister anymore. And and actually, I can't even guarantee your safety or the safety of your family if you don't have sex with this pig. <laughs> I'm not even joking. <sighs> I mean, that must have been the scene where I, where I turned it off. I was like, hey, so my, ridiculous, my friend's an idiot. This show is stupid. And, and oh, another, another reason why, to me, this one does not even fit at all with... Like, it's like they had some sort of a brilliant idea about the show, but... In my mind, what what happened is like they pitched it to a, to the BBC or whatever. Like, hey, we have this idea for like a Twilight Zone, but modern with things like augmented reality and stuff. Like, that's okay, but can you make a first episode that's like super shocking? Yeah, <laughs> I'd love to hear the story because actually the the last episode of season three kind of feels it reminded like, you like of this it? one, like kind of, yeah. but not really. Ugh. But but yeah, it's it's it. The first episode of season one really sticks out as like. Like if you showed, you know, this right. along, I would be like, "That's not Black Mirror. It's not that's, the same show. That's, that's like some other dumb show." Like, it, it, and the other thing is the themes they picked because in most of the other ones, they're they're actually showing maybe some side effects of the technology right. as it's coming or it will be. Yeah. This one, it wasn't even. Cl- well, what what is the side effect of what technology? Right. We're all so obsessed with videos that pretty soon we're gonna have to have sex with pigs just yeah. to rescue our. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Actually, the, the the moral of the story I thought was probably the only thing that even redeems it in terms of, in the end, he does have sex with the pig. Big surprise. Um, and, and <laughs> big ev- surprise. Yeah, and, everyone's, <laughs> and everyone's watching. And the way that they portrayed the crowds, I thought w- that was like 30 seconds where I was like, okay. Now they're talking my language where they're actually like showing us that black mirror, right? Sure. Because if, you know, however we got there, if Donald Trump was having sex with a pig, (laughs) 
everyone would watch that stuff. And 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 the 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 kidnapper never said everyone had to watch. No. The kidnapper just said you have to broadcast it. Yeah. If our if we were moral creatures and cared about, you know, other human beings and pigs for that matter and didn't want to give in to a kidnapper's demands, we wouldn't watch it. Yeah. We would we would turn away from the TV or turn off the TV. But everyone watched to the point where they released the princess 30 minutes before he had sex with the pig. Yeah. Because uh, the kidnapper knew that everyone would be glued to the TV and wouldn't even notice that the princess had been released. Had been released so yeah. he never even had to have sex with the pig because the princess had been freed right. 30 minutes before. And, and freed in the middle of London. You know right, right. I mean? You know, and um, maybe that's another part where... And of course, I can't quite remember all of the episodes, but this one felt a lot preachier in that sense. Like, right. yeah, you see, we're all so obsessed with this watching that this is what a lot of the other ones are more like, like the like examining the natural repercussions of going in a certain trend. Right. This one was more like, you bastards, you would even watch a prime minister fuck a pig. Yeah. And <laughs> the other episodes ride this line beautifully between challenging your morals in one way while you know giving you justifications yeah. for you know it it that's all the episodes after this for the most part really ride that line perfectly for me you know yeah. they they they're not they're not preachy at all it's just right. like look here is where we're headed in terms of technology right. in all likelihood and here is a dilemma that you, as human beings we are going to face. Right. And there's no right or wrong answer. Yeah. It's just I, I, like, that's a good this point. Is, this is just yeah. like the new reality that's going to happen. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, so I have a question though. Yeah. How did he get a boner? Because he's under, I mean, imagine it's you. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, dude. We got to separate things here. Like, sure. The, the show, the episode was ridiculous. And of course it's live and stuff. But if you get a chance to fuck a pig, I mean, you're going to take it. <laughs> I mean, because they show the pig, one. That's right. And then he's in the room under all these lights. Right. And there's all these cameras. And then they they show on some screen, there's like some porn ready to go so we oh, can look so at porn. Can. Maybe they put lipstick on the pig? God. But like... <laughs> I'm just thinking that they give him Viagra. Oh or my something? gosh! No, it doesn't even. Uh, no, because in fact, was there any stipulation that they ha that you had to see P in in PV? I think so. I think it was like <laughs> you can't fake it. I'm gonna. I want to see. You know, every, P and PV. Yeah, I want to see every single thing. Oh. Uh, um, yeah. But anyway, in the end, they flash forward a year later, and life goes on. The prime minister seems to be doing okay. His, his approval ratings are actually even better than before. <laughs> And, but this one thing that I just could not figure out was his wife hates him secretly. So when they're in public, they're all nice and nicey to That's each right. other. But when they go home, she completely rejects him and is a, and is a jerk to him. And I'm just like, what's the moral there? Uh, you can't wash that stench off. <laughs> yeah. But the whole thing was, was his advisor said, you and your family could be killed by the masses if you don't have sex That's with right. this. I mean, the, it wasn't a dilemma. He had, right. he, the way they set it up was, There's you're going to no have option. to have sex yeah. with a pig. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, anyway. So let, let's, let's, oh, let's move on to uh, episode two and three. But before that, let's take a break. What do you say? Yeah. 
Okay, we're back with our analysis of Black Mirror, or review, or discussion, or I don't know what I'm going to call it. Lampooning. Episode two and three of season one. But before we do that, I want to remind everyone to become a patron of the podcast by going to patreon.com. That's patreon.com. When you become a patron, you get access to a bunch of stuff, swag and whatnot, and you also get access to our premium episodes which uh, of which there are many, and we cover very in-depth topics with, for the premium episodes. Also, tell a friend or a colleague about the podcast if you can. A lot of the way we get our listeners is through word of mouth. Also, rate us on iTunes. If you, and if you do that, make sure you email me, and I'll send you some swag in the mail. Also, remember that $20 patrons get mugs, if you live in North America anyway. Uh, also, uh, we do sticker raffles. So, Birdo, let's um, do a sticker raffle mm. here. So, why don't you give me a two letters, like the first two letters of, of a name of a of a first name? You know what I mean? Okay, C A C A C A Carlos or C A. <laughs> Uh, okay, there's a bunch of CAs, so give me really? a number between 1 and 10, I think. Uh, 4. 1, 2, 3, 4. Candace. Oh, Candace. And another, uh, thing. Another... Another two letters? Yeah. All right. Um, PR. PR. <laughs> That's probably not a thing. Uh, pra. 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 I'll just go to the next. Okay. Uh, see, PR. Uh... Uh, yeah, there's a there's actually a par a p a r okay, that counts. His name, his name is p a r with a with an umlaut over oh, the a par, like par. Maybe? I don't I don't know, man. Par. Uh, what nationality? Oh, Sweden. Sweden. Okay. Swedish. Okay. Give me another one. One more. All right. Uh, let's see. I always feel like I'm being so biased on these. Yeah, I think you're doing a lot of p's, a lot of c's. So do a letter that you just k. Okay. K. What. K Y <laughs> no K A K K A but I did C A so it's K E K E K E K E okay Kelly uh, there are three Kellys so okay second Kelly Kelly White all right Kelly White okay so you three are gonna get some stickers in the mail some swag and um, I just do that myself by the way I don't really have like. A service that does that. You don't have so, a team? Yeah. So I just team pull out have. some envelopes from my desk. and. <laughs> also, if you use the psychology, uh, uh, what do you call it? The, the promo code psychology, oh, right. Loot Crate. If you're thinking about doing Loot Crate, use psychology. Also, join the Facebook fan group that's run by famous patron Lyndon. Lyndon. Also, I just started an Instagram account. You did? And actually, I remind me because after this episode, I'll take a picture of you and, and put, put it on, it on Instagram. Instagram. Yeah, well, I, you know, I, I, you know, I, I tried Twitter for a while, and that was pretty dumb. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just don't. I don't know. Twitter. I feel like you need to be like on it all the time. You need to be like a president or something. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but Instagram, I like, I think, because it, you don't have to be on it all the time. I think mm. you can just, like, post stuff whenever you feel right. like it. And so, and I sort of like the elegance of Instagram and in that it, when you're scrolling through your feed, it, it just gives you the people you're following. Mm. And it's pretty quick. Like, you don't have to read much, you know, it's just like a picture. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, I'm following Jack Black, and he's hilarious. On And he's got pictures that are funny. 
He puts videos. Okay. <laughs> he puts videos of himself listening to classic rock guitar solos and <laughs> ma- and making that face. Yeah. You know, because okay, he's like, you know, uh, Jimmy Page, uh, you know, Led yeah. Zeppelin. Uh, and then he's just like, and listen, listen, and he makes that. He's and listen to that, the crying guitar solo. You know, he just yeah, makes his face, yeah, yeah. and then he's like, like it's, <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, okay, season one, episode two, fifteen million merits. Just to give you some background, again, see the episode. You don't want to have it ruined. Set in the future. They don't say when, which I like. You know, they don't say yeah, they in the year twenty forty. You know. Uh, Apparently, everyone lives underground. Mm-hmm. They don't say why, which I liked. Everyone wears gray drab track suits. In this world, everyone must cycle on an exercise bike in order to, I think, power their world. Yeah, it seems like they generate electricity. <laughs> but, but they never really said that exactly. That's true. You know what it I wasn't mean? explicit. Yeah. I mean, it could have been... They their power is you know unlimited and they just have the people on bikes to keep them healthy or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or keep them occupied. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, also, it wasn't clear if they were in prison or some other kind of thing. You know, like they never they never explained it. They never That's said true. there was an apocalypse or something. Mm-hmm. And actually, the ending scene they show that the planet is still doing fine because he's like looking right. out over nature. And so it's like maybe it's just the way society is headed. You know, so it's really unclear as to how we got there. When you cycle on the exercise bike, you get money in return. And that's what they do all day, all day. They just ride bikes to get money, and then they play dumb games while they ride their bikes, and mm-hmm. then they go home to their to their tiny little room, and they play games in the room or watch TV. And they dream about, because they get advertisements, they dream about what they can do with the credits, right? Right. They, like, want, they want. Right. There's no kids. Everyone's the same age. So it implies maybe there's another area where you have people of different age because everyone was like around 30 or 25 or something. Yeah, that's true. Um, Obese people are considered to be second-class citizens. They work as cleaners around the the machines or they're humiliated on game shows and people berate them. Uh, With their money that they get from riding the bike, they can buy things for their avatar. That's like the main thing. Like you can't buy shoes for yourself, but you can buy like interesting shoes for your avatar. avatar. And it's funny because the avatar is like super simplistic, you know, like, like uh, Nintendo. Yeah. It's not, it's not like a hi-fi. Yeah. Uh, So one, one hypothesis would be that like it did get to a point where pretty much everything's automated and there's some subculture of elites that do kind of whatever. But then, there's a lot of people that are like, well, what do we do with all these people? Like, right. I don't know. We got to keep them distracted. Otherwise they'll revolt. So, right. Well, we'll just give them points to accrue in a video game and keep them moving. So they don't, <laughs> right. Keep moving. So, well, keep them moving so that, I mean, I think the point here is like in our society, there are movements afoot in the last 10 years that say that obese people are, the people who deserve to be ridiculed. Right. Not only because culturally we don't like people who are overweight, but also because we find scientific or, you know, financial excuses to hate them. For instance, they're a drain on our, Mm -hmm. on our medical system. And 
you know, you know, it's like you're choosing to be overweight and therefore you're cost you're costing more tax dollars right. and therefore you don't have the rights that a thin person does mm-hmm. because of your choices you're dragging us all down mm-hmm. is sort of the thought and so in this show they kind of depict that right yeah um with the so with the money you can buy things for your avatar you can buy toothpaste you can listen to a song you can also skip commercials if you have money, you have to pay money to That's skip a right. commercial. That's right. Yeah, you can you can bypass. Uh, you can pay money to watch porn, and but you can't buy a new home, or you can't buy clothes, or you can't go on a vacation. Right. It's all virtual stuff. It's all it mainly it's it's stuff that you can look at on a screen. Yeah. Or play on a screen. It's right. all that. Um, and food, you can buy food. So if you have right. more money, you can buy junk food essentially. But if you have less money, then you have to buy like an apple. Um, so, uh, but again, that, you know, that's sort of, em- it sort of emulates our world now. You well, know? actually that part's sort of backwards, right? Cause unfortunately the cheapest food today is, is the one that'll kill you faster <laughs> right. in general. But we're sort of heading in a direction, you know, like that New York politician that made, Big gulps illegal. You remember all that stuff? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's sort of like our. The, it sort of represented, I thought, a nanny state where sure. the their their lives were heavily controlled. They didn't have a lot of freedoms, right? Right. And you could say that a lot of the things that the money system was set up to do was to incentivize them to be healthy, right? It's like don't worry about clothes, just buy clothes for your avatar. You know that. That's, you know, you don't, yeah. need, you don't really need clothes and play your games and exercise and eat well right. and, you know, don't do anything bad. You don't need that stuff is sort of the, the you know, taken in a certain mm-hmm. direction, you know. I, I watched closely because I wanted to figure out the economy. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I figured out that while you're riding the bike at a good pace, you get about five merits or credits per second. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Which means in an hour, you can get 18,000. And in a day, if you cycle for like eight hours a day, you can get 140,000, which I'm, I'm thinking they probably don't cycle all day long. That would I mean? be hard. <laughs> right. Um, so they, maybe they cycle three hours or something. So they, you know, they probably get about 50 to 60,000 a day. And, about one million every two or three weeks or something or week you know one to three weeks and so because i saw and, and the to skip an ad it costs a thousand <laughs> so that's like three minutes of work um it's also 15 million for that golden ticket yeah right to, to get on that show which is like some unheard of amount of money but i figured out it, it only takes you know about I don't know, five or no, sorry, about half a year maybe to do if, that. If you were, but that's if you were like bicycling constantly. And really trying to save your yeah. money, yeah. yeah. Um, and because uh, it seemed like the, like uh, they had been at, or he had been at it for a long for time. For a while, yeah. yeah. It, probably, you know, less than a year yeah. is the kind of implication. But anyway, um. The system seemingly prevents people from interacting with each other, although they never really talked about, you know, why or how they did that. Because, you know, they didn't have – no one had sex. No one stayed – no one was yeah. in the same room together. Yeah, they, they, like you're saying, there could be this philosophy of like, well, listen, what, 
we're not monsters. We want people to be healthy and live as long as possible, but cost us as little money as possible. Cost the economy as little money as possible. So if they start like relating to each other, that's going to cause problems. There's going to be violent cases. There's going to be jealousy. There's going to be STDs. We want people to stay apart from each other. We want them to stay healthy and eat right and just kind of live and die without bothering us much. Yeah. I, the, the parable of this that really got into my bones, because if, if you're just listening to this description, it's, and if, and, it, and if you just watch the first five minutes, it seems just like, oh, okay, this is a fun little parable of the future or something. But the way that it felt to me, because like they're riding this exercise bike all the time. Yeah. And there's something really weird. I'm sure that people from other countries and aliens would look at Americans going to a gym and riding an exercise bike or walking or running or walking on a treadmill or a stair machine and just looking at you and just going like, what is wrong with these people? You know what I mean? Yeah. Although I, I took it more of as a metaphor of like the, the rat, the rat wheel, the mouse wheel. Okay. Where like, in, in essence, this is sort of what we do today. We just don't actually exercise. We are in a job all day to get money, to get a couch, right? Yeah. And they're saying like, well, let's just cut the middleman. Forget right. the couch. You're going to get a virtual couch. And, uh, so that you can do it for longer, you might as well ride a bicycle. <laughs> well, this episode to me was the most like a parable. You know, uh-huh. it was it, the, it. After I got into the story, I really kind of looked past the the literal interpretation of what was like. How did they get? I didn't really think about that. It was more like, yeah. how does this relate to my life? And and so like you, it's like what you're thinking is like. Yeah, the the meaninglessness of our lives. Yeah, we're we, all in little mouse wheels. Yeah, we get up, we go to work, we earn our money per hour, <laughs> and then we we spend it on totally meaningless things. <sighs> on shoes for our avatars. Yeah, and we watch our porn, and we live in our tiny little box looking at our screens all the time. I mean, do you know what I mean? Like, it is very much reality, yeah. you know? Um, people to middle class people today in the United States, yeah, you wake up, you go to your meaningless job, you don't like it, um, you interact with some idiots next to you in the next cubicle over, <laughs> you you um, try to entertain yourself as best as you can at work, you come home and you watch TV or you play your video games or you look at your phone or you watch Black Mirror, <laughs> right? You're just you're, and that's and then you go to sleep and then you wake up and it's just like this complete meaningless thing you know there's there's nothing you're trapped you're a prisoner and there's right. no way out and you feel meaningless um until uh a little bit of magic comes into your life you the, know the, the that, golden that, ticket <laughs> yeah well what he has is he is in the bathroom and he hears this woman singing in in the stall the toast. right that was another kind of thing i thought was interesting it's like in this in this world Men and women use the same bathroom because right. there's because there's no sexuality right. you know involved in this in this future, and she, he's like, "You have a beautiful voice. I want to get you." But he has a crush on her because he thinks she's pretty and stuff, and he buys her this golden ticket. She goes on the show, and she drinks this compliance uh, juice, yeah. and then she sings, and the judges just like American Idol, and the judges like it. 
this is like the biggest show in this world. Like mm-hmm. everyone watches it. Everyone wants to be on it. Um, if you can make it on that show, you become a, a pop star and a, presumably your life becomes way better. And she sings well and they like her, but they're like, you know what? You're just normal. There's, you know, we have a lot of good singers. So how about you go into the porn industry? Because I think you look pretty good. <laughs> and she doesn't want to do it at first, but the judges are really pressuring her. And they're just like, look, you know, your life can be so much better. Yeah. You know, we're going to give you all these things and you don't have to do that exercise bike anymore. And she gives into it and says, yes. And the sort of the implication is, is that if she hadn't drank that compliance, she might not have done it. She might it. have said no, yeah. And so our main character guy who bought her the golden ticket is now very distraught. De- devastated. He right. used up all his money. Yeah. Her, his dream girl, basically, is now going to be a porn star. Right. He, he, it, you know, he, he's kind of in love with this girl. Yeah. Gets her this golden ticket to, to, you know, have some meaning in his life. It gives him this meaning. And then instead of her it just at the very least coming back to the cubicle with him. Right. She's like gone forever and he doesn't have access. But that night he's in his, you know, room and uh, this, this, um, uh, porn comes on. Yeah. And normally he would skip the porn, but you have to pay money to skip the porn, but he doesn't have any money left because he gave that 15 million. And so he can't skip the porn and the porn is now, all around him, and when you cover your eyes, the computer makes you, uh, you know, it like go, it, this alarm goes off and says, "Yes, you're, you have you know, to watch," and you have to watch. So he has to watch this girl have porn sex, <coughs> and it's really degrading too. Isn't it ironic? <laughs> and then he goes crazy, and he and he breaks the TV, and a shard of glass falls off, and then he decides he's going to kill himself, essentially. And he gets another $15 million. He gets back on the American Idol show, and <laughs> he puts the shard of glass, but he doesn't drink the compliance. Right. And he puts the you know, shard of glass to his throat, and he yells at the judges, and he yells at everyone, and he's, and he's, he's saying things like, you know, it's, it's... It reminded me of Newsroom. It's, yeah, it's... it's um, yeah. Uh, what is that? I'm as mad as hell, I'm a- and I'm not going to take it anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's, just, it's just all that kind of stuff, you know? And uh, he's, he's just extremely disheartened and angry, and he's saying, fuck you, fuck you. Um, and then he thinks that they're going to be upset and yell at him, and, and I'm watching, and I'm thinking, okay, well, now's the time where you slash your throat, yeah, you yeah. know? <laughs> but... The judges actually really like him, and they're like, "That's a good performance." <laughs> yeah, you're like, "You're speaking truth, man. You're speaking truth." How about we give you a show where you can talk about <laughs> the truth, <laughs> the truth? And he's, you know, in the same position that the girl was in terms of should she do porn or just go home? And he decides to do it. Yeah. To, he decides to do this show, uh, which is basically a fake show about him and and the the whole show is him holding this shard of glass and, and and yelling into the camera and at the end of the episode he's like okay see you next week yeah it's a whole parody of it uh but he didn't so the so the implication is he didn't drink the compliant the compliance so would his girlfriend abby have done the porn anyway because the compliance didn't work on you know what I mean? Like he did it anyway. Yeah. So the, by implication, she might have done the porn anyway. Yeah, the compliance 
could be could be nothing. A placebo. Right. <laughs> so the question is, is he better off? He's in a he's in a bigger room. He has view of nature. He doesn't have to ride the bike anymore, it seems. He gets free orange juice. He gets uh, to create his own show. He's like creating something. He gets to say his mind. Seemingly there's no script. He just gets to say whatever he wants to. But he's still in a cell and he's sold out and he's presumably without Abby or anybody else. Is he better off, Berto? <laughs> oh, well, given those constraints of existence, yes, he's, from my perspective, he's better off. But he's sold out, man. But there is no selling out in that environment. I mean, there is, but it's meaningless because it's not like... But he could have had meaning in that moment if he would have killed himself because that would have been real. But then he wouldn't have gotten the experiences that followed. Yeah. Now, he could have not killed himself, but just gone back to his existence with the honor of not having sold out. Right. That I could buy. Yeah. In a, in a world where you have no possessions, you can at least have your honor... As as a as a possession, right? Yeah, you could have. Yeah, that's a fair. I mean, he hated these people yeah. for turning his girlfriend into a porn star, and and he hated this world for making, you know, yes. making him watch her have, you know, degrading sex with a man, and then he decides he's going to get back. Right. And in the and in the pinnacle of his action, they offer him to come over to their side to become one of the elites, and he yeah. says, okay. It's a little like the Hunger Games, you know? What, how do you mean? Uh, you know, how she, after she wins the first Hunger Games or whatever, they're like, you know, you can become a spokesperson. You could you yeah. could be one of us, one of us. Yeah. And but that dilemma wasn't as heartbreaking because didn't they threaten, like, her family? Or Well, when she first joined the Hunger Games... They they had selected her little sister, and so she sacrificed herself instead of her sister, right? But she hated them with a passion because of it. She then hates them because her friends die in the Hunger Games, right? Yeah. So that's why she never actually fully went over to the dark side. But others had. Others had gone on to become part of the system. Right. So it was kind of similar. So what's the moral of this story, Berto? Well, yeah, let's see. Let's, uh, as a society, maybe... Um, let's not let it get to the point of uh, bicycle. <laughs> no, I mean, in, in an essence, because um, as, as we were describing how meaningless it is, we have to at the same time keep in mind that from certain perspectives, anything could be framed as meaningless. Like you could say, well, what is your life, Berto? And I, and I could say, I live on an island. I eat coconuts. I eat pineapples. I, eat, you know, I, I, I get my own fish every day. I have no work. I don't have to work. And you're like, wow, that sounds meaningless. And I say, like, no, it's great. It's, but you, you see what I'm saying? Like, you could frame any sort of existence as meaningless if you wanted to. Yeah. But I think the difference here is about freedom. Like, there, there, there is a freedom that you get within your surroundings. And in this, in this scenario that they painted, there were very little freedoms. Right? The freedoms were very, very, very constrained. Yeah. And so it's almost like what I would say is if if we start feeling like we are artificially constraining our freedoms to the point where uh, where we are no longer able to make meaningful decisions about our lives, then that's a problem. And these guys were to that point because they, they, they didn't make meaningful decisions. They made uh, temporary digital decisions and that was it. Everything else was prescribed. Yeah. 
I think there are a lot of morals along those lines that can be pulled from this uh, episode. And there's no right or wrong answer. You know, is yep. he better off? Did he make the right choice? It's hard to tell. On one level, he sold out, but on another level, his life is better, and and he gets to create. I mean, I to me that in terms of resonating with me, he essentially has a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I make this podcast partially because it gives me meaning in my life. And do you hold a shard to your neck every time? <clears throat> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, of course. Why else would people be watching? They're all just like, when's he going to do, do it? When's he going to do it? And <clears throat> the ability to create, I think, is a freedom that I personally enjoy. And if I was limited to not being able to create, I think I would I would want to kill myself too. Yeah. So I, to me, that that was a big message. But I think also just the general message that I was saying earlier that we were both talking about in terms of just it, it, when you're in a large society and you're part of the capitalistic, you know, industrial machine, you're basically just spinning your wheels as a part of the system and earning your earning your merits and then going home and spending them so that someone else can spin their wheel to earn your merits. And the merits just get, you know, thrown around from person to person, but everyone is just spinning their wheels. And what's the real meaning of it all? And what's the point, you know? Someone who has a farm, there's a point to that uh, that is undeniable, right? Someone who's trying to save the planet there's a point to that. But there are some jobs that I've had in my life that just had seemingly no meaning to it. It was just I'm a part of a of an economic swirl that just I, you know, I get tasked with this thing, I get paid money, I I spend money and it goes to this other person who is spinning their wheels to get my money. And then they spend their money on something else, and that other person is spinning their wheels to get their money. And then it comes back to me, where I'm where I'm spending my money on that thing. Just you know, it's just like everyone's spinning their wheels to share the money stuff. Right. I, I actually, I think, I think you're right that maybe it all the linchpin is about creating, creating something that is not necessary. So, in other words, if we have a society where you create food and I create chairs and someone else creates um, windows or something like that. And, and we all need, because we need windows and we need chairs and we need food and stuff, and we kind of trade with each other. Uh, that's level one, but, but all those things are sort of necessary. Um, but when you start creating things that are not necessary, then maybe it starts becoming worthwhile. In, in other words, like a song, it's kind of hard to see that it's necessary. Well, I think uh, I'll... I'll argue with you on that one because you could imagine someone I think it's do you feel like you're creating it or do you feel like you're just spinning your wheels I think maybe that's part of the the decision because if you're creating carrots that you love you know and you you cultivate the seeds and you blah 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 you know like you hand if you turn it into an art basically yeah well, yeah it's meaningful to you you know yeah I think again it's not necessary that you do that you yeah. could just plant GMO carrots and with a robot or something. Yeah. But if you turn it 
whatever you can do in this existence that becomes an art that's like uh what were you just saying like you care about it or you put yourself into it or whatever maybe that's how you escape the the mouse wheel if you will yeah i like that and of course existentialists have been talking about this for centuries this exact thing actually and they have a language around it like projects and stuff but i'm not that familiar with it but anyway but i think we've solved it in these last few minutes yeah totally uh, all right, let's take a break and talk about episode three. What do you say? Yep. All right, we're back. Episode three, season one, The Entire History of You. It's called The Entire History of You. Of me? Of you. This is also in the future, unknown when. They don't really say when. I, the, one of the things I like about this show is that most of the episodes are in the future, but they all drive cars that are around right now. Yeah. Like, they didn't try to futurize the cars. Yeah, it's not Minority Report. Yeah. It's, well, there was one car that was futurized, actually, that you haven't seen yet. It's in the last episode, but it's it's a it's a show. It's a car that you could imagine being around in I don't know five or ten years or something. And they even comment on it, like someone's like, "Oh, that's a fancy car," okay, <laughs> or something. But <clears throat> but yeah, yeah clothing. Well, depend on some some episodes. Some things are related to the plot, so like they specifically have a, like a different kind of glasses or different kind of this or that. Yeah. But in general, the things around it, they sort of try to keep things like recognizable. Totally. Yeah, and I, I like that mm-hmm. because it's like when you see a car that is obviously trying to be a future car, it really takes you takes me out of the story. Whereas yeah. if I just see a regular kind of contemporary new car, my brain doesn't even register. It's just like, oh, yeah. they're driving. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, one of, one of my pet peeves in movies that were that take place in the near future, every time it's like 20 years in the future, 30 years. First of all, the cities are always pristine and all like glass and metal and pristine and there's yeah, yeah. elevators, sky elevators. Lots of concrete. You, you see no construction happening. Yeah. And you see like, you know, and so then I'm thinking, first of all, that means they demolished all the stuff that's there now. Yeah. Right. Number two, like now they're not building more. They're dumb building, (laughs) which never happens. If you go to any big city, there's always construction. There there will never not be construction. Well, and (laughs) there's never anyone in the future fetishizing the past, which everyone has been doing forever for centuries. We've always looked to the past yeah. and fetishized it and said, ooh, I want that. Right. You know, yeah, or great. sort of vamped on that old thing. You know what I mean? And so in the future... So if we're talking about humans, yeah. that's not realistic. Right, totally. Okay, so in the future, it's pretty much how our life is now, but the one difference is that people can opt to implant what they call a grain, this little, you know, computer thing in their behind their ear that records everything you see and hear, and then you can play it back in your own head, or you can actually put it onto a screen and you can play it back for everyone. So the beginning, it starts with him. He's at this job interview or some, some kind of thing. And then he's, it went awkward. And then on his way home, he's watch he's rewatching it yeah, he's replaying the <laughs> and like and zooming in like on people he was talking to and trying to figure out did it, you know what what were they you know i saw this weird look on this guy's face what did it mean so he's rewatching it he right. doesn't get anything out of it he's just he's just replaying it um and so uh, another example is <laughs> he is married and he when they're having sex 
they both so him and his wife are having sex and they watch old videos of themselves having sex with each other. <laughs> That's their porn. <laughs> yeah, they they they're they're watching <coughs> times when their sex was more passionate. <laughs> so in reality they're they're actually spooning having sex like in this really quiet just kind of like you know just kind of like if you were in the room next door you wouldn't even know they're having sex but what they're watching is this super loud passionate sex that they're but it's with each other which i thought was interesting that's right would you do that birdo if you yeah that sounds that sounds reasonable because you might be longing for that time and you're like if it could just be like it was you know and then you just replay it (laughs) yeah what would you watch other kinds of things while you're because the thing is is when you're watching the video no one knows what you're watching yeah no one can tell well, in would reality, you, you would because it'd be like the way it is now that in your brain, you're watching all sorts of things that have some sometimes little to do with what's happening. Fantasies and stuff. Fantasies. Sometimes you're thinking about other stuff, you know. <laughs> you might be watching the baseball game. <laughs> uh, okay. <coughs> so, before moving into the story, let's, let's, you know, let's really think about if you know if and because this will happen eventually it's just a matter of yeah it's time. like that robin williams movie did you ever see that which one he's an investigator a forensic investigator for or not not investigator what he does is he everyone when they're born they put these little contact lenses in their eyes that record their whole life and when they die uh there's this guy who's got the job of assembling kind of like a vignette of their best memories uh-huh. for the funeral, yeah. uh, which seems like a quaint use of that technology, but fine. Yeah. And Robin Williams is one of them, but then it, uh, some things go wrong because there was a murder involved, and so he discovers some really shocking stuff and things yeah. like that. I think I saw that one. It's like yeah. 90s or something. So, so what would be the uses of this sort of technology? Well, I mean, for one, the most single most important use of all time is those debates you have with your friends where it's like, I didn't say that. You're like, oh, absolutely. Let me replay it right now. <laughs> right. That's, what about in conf- the killer use case. <laughs> conflict with, with spouses? Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's like, well, I, you told me that I only had to do two dishes. Like, That's not what I said. Okay, we'll rewind it again. Yeah. Um, or, or in this case, like, which they definitely explore in this one is like, you were looking at him, weren't you? It's like, no, I wasn't. Okay. Let's rewind your tape. Let's see what you were actually looking at. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. Other thought, other uses I thought of were evidence in legal cases. I mean, think about if you could like car accidents or crimes, like think about if you were accused of not having done something. You could just play back your alibi. Yeah. You know what I mean? And instantly it'd be like, wait, is that a hacked memory? We're going to have to... (laughs) But yeah, of course, yeah. And and in fact, what you would do is... uh, Because, you know, I'm imagining that criminals would find ways to like hack or erase parts. So you'd have to bring in other witnesses and see their replays and see all the... Right. (laughs) Triangulate You're a witness to a crime. Yeah. You don't have to be asked what happened. You just play it back. That's right. And witnesses are notoriously, you know, bad you know, rememberers. Rememberers. Yeah. And then think about work, right? So like at work, um, there's, well, it depends on your job. Obviously, if it's like a manual thing, maybe it doesn't. But think about like when you receive instructions for the first time, right? Yeah. You don't have to like go and ask again. You just like, okay, what did they say? Okay, yeah. that's what they said. Yeah, right. Um, it would be great for remembering things, obviously. Totally. Like Now, assuming you have a really good search mechanism. Right. It yeah. seemed like it. it had some sort of categorization like 
when he was flipping through, he could flip through every single memory he had of his wife. Yeah. And and other kinds of th- you know, like there seemed to be some kind of filing system, which makes sense. Like I don't. Do you use Google Photos? No. So nowadays, and not just Google Photos, but that's an example where you can actually type searches like my cat, and it'll it'll using machine learning, it'll find cat instances in all your photos. Right. Whereas like Facebook recognizes yeah. your face. Whereas in the past, can you imagine like, oh, where are all my photos of my cat? If you're you who is super organized about these kind of things, yeah. you probably have your cat folder. That's right. But most of us don't have a cat folder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, incidentally, what I do is I rename every single photo I take. And so in the name, I'll put cat. Yeah. And then I just search by cat. Yeah, no, I was reading about it in the DSM. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, you wouldn't distort the past because, you know, you could just play it back. That's right. We all distort the past and we all... uh, But imagine being able to remember uh, what it was like when you were a teenager. Like the exact exact, things that you saw and experienced. That'd be pretty cool. Absolutely. Now, one thing that was unclear, maybe since you rewatched it, you could remind me. Did you, was it just the audio visual or did you actually feel? Just audio visual. Okay. Because that's an interesting difference, right? Because when you watch a video of you when you're little, obviously there's a strong emotional connection. But if you don't explicitly remember that moment, it still feels foreign. It's right. like, ah, there I am. Right. Uh, so it, it would be even more crazy if you saw it replay in your brain itself as if you were experiencing With it. With the emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they show this in the, in the show where security, so he's about to get on the plane and they say, please play back your last 24 hours. Right. And the, the guy at the, at the security booth watches real fast the 24 hours. Yeah. And then I think they even asked him to download like six months of his previous, yeah. uh, presumably like th- there's security around. They don't leak that kind of stuff. Yeah. But the security uh, benefits to stuff like that, you know, would be pretty and horrors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well that, that, so think about that one. Yeah. You go into, uh, a ticket hearing cause you got a speeding ticket and they're like, okay, please download your, Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. I got to think about this. Yeah. My last six months, you're going to look at everything? Yeah. Well, I'm not going to look at it. Our machine, our AI is going to look at it. Yeah. And it's just going to identify flag, if you will. Yeah. Interesting things in your last six months. Right. Which is similar to the way airport security is now because they have scanners that basically can get a picture of you naked. That's true. And... Anyone could hack into that or save it or something. They just can't see everything you've seen, said, and done. But I mean, it's in that direction in in terms of it's basically taking a nude photo of you. That's right. And digitally saving it, but it's supposed to be like Snapchat where it just disappears. But I I assume someone has taken, you know, (laughs) uh, hacked photos of like, you know, particular celebrities or something, you know? Yeah. Anyway. Um, Also, uh, well, would you use it as like a spank bank? Have you heard of that? Uh, yeah. Would you use it as a spank bank? Oh, definitely. I don't see how it's... It'd be impossible not to because like... <laughs> impossible not Yeah, to. of course. Because <laughs> uh, you again, you already do this. You just do it with what you can replay mentally. Yeah. So yeah, of course you'd be like, well, I might as well see literally what happened. <laughs> <laughs> and then you might be disappointed with how you remember it. So you're like, well, never mind. I'll just use my mental spank bank. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, the problem with the actual recording is you're involved in it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're there. That's right. And it's also only from your per- point of view, unless right. you so- somehow could shuffle in other people's uh, memories. And then also, uh, I would what I would actually want to do is uh, use Snapchat filters, so to speak, in all my memories. <laughs> so later on, I'd be like, wait, was I wearing dog ears? <laughs> is that your fetish? Yeah. <laughs> no, pig, pig ears. <laughs> yeah, I thought that the playback as a as a therapist sometimes i will actually prescribe to people to record their fights and listen back to it Mm -hmm. if i think they can handle it because in 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 marital or couple conflict there's inevitably the different the undifferentiation that occurs influences people's memories to the point where they are sometimes delusional. I mean, people will sit down on my couch and say, yeah, we had a fight the other night. Let me tell you what happened. And then one partner tells me the story. And then the other person is going like, that is completely not what happened. Let me tell you what really happened. And then they tell me a story (laughs) and I'm like, and I, and you know, and sometimes I'll try to kind of sift through it to kind of like get an idea of like what actually happened. But then sometimes I can't, or it's a repetitive pattern for them. And I'll just say to them, look, you are both telling me completely different stories. I don't know who to believe. Yeah. I don't know if you're lying or you're lying or you're both lying or yeah. I, I, I something's wrong here, yeah. you know, and, and yeah, basi- show me your last six months of replays. <laughs> right. And so I'm trying to, I'm basically with that intervention, I'm saying you might want to really start questioning your memories because until we establish, cause like, it's not like, just shades off. I mean, they, they can be completely different stories right. about the same event. And that's just the nature of our memories. We don't remember exactly what happened. What we remember, what we remember is processed through our biases and our, uh, you know, wet, uh, brain. Yeah. And, uh, so it'd be, I think it'd be kind of nice to be able to play it back and go like, Oh, actually, yeah, I am responsible. Cause I, I did say X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Which is, you know, not good. Well, as an example, uh, you. So I've been watching the uh, the daily against your better advice. I've been watching the daily press briefings, and it's really interesting when you look at comments. That wasn't my advice. That's that's just my practice. No, no, sorry. You I, guys I, can do whatever I know you want to. I'm being I'm being tongue in cheek, but um, I I look at the comments, and a lot of them are the live comments that are coming in as the. But it's really fascinating because. Uh, without getting into any specific things or anything, it's just the person will say something. Some people from the same exact input will take a, a conclusion like, oh, okay, they're really being honest and that's really the, the reality. is." And then another person from the same exact input will be like, wow, he's completely lying and he's really blah, blah. And, and that's what we're up against. And so imagine when you then color it with, with distant memories. Yeah. So this is, we're talking about like an exact playback of the same exact thing in the moment and two different people reacting 180 degrees. Right. Right. (laughs) And so this playback function would provide at least some help in that arena. And as a therapist, uh, not only in, um, I could, I could imagine being helpful in a lot of ways as therapists, like even in individual therapy. A client could be like, so is that work? And I don't really, I feel like my boss was being a complete jerk. And I'd be like, well, how about play it back for me? And then, you know, I could watch it and be, and just sort of provide some, I could be like, yeah, wow. Not only is that person a jerk, that person is being abusive, you know, like yeah. that person. 
Um, I just thought of another use of just like if someone's being abusive, you could you could just send the file to the cops and be yeah. like, look what this person is doing to yeah. me. And of course, you know, today we have laws where you can't actually film someone else without their. That's that. There's no law against. No, no. Sorry. So um, there there is something like this. You cannot record. Is it audio? Um, you can't. There, there is something that there's. I think that I'm I'm not entirely sure, but I think there's a lot of myths about whether or not you can record people or not. Um, and I think the laws around it are pretty... There's uh, something something around like anti-espionage or something. The only reason I know is because in one of my former jobs, we had the capability of recording audio in environments, and we were legally told that we couldn't do it without the consent of the venue and the, peop- the people right. there. <laughs> so that's, that's intellectual property yeah. uh, laws, which you know is, is likely protected. But... Uh, a lot of people think because because I you know I'm a video taker you yeah know? I've been t- I've been taking video of stuff since I was since video cameras came around yeah. in like 1982 or one or something I've I've just loved just documenting things on video in some ways the podcast is sort of an outgrowth of all that stuff because like when I was bef- well before video me in the 70s me and my friends would sit around a boombox and would record like little shows yeah. and interviews and stuff and then like 10 years later we would listen to these these interviews and i wish i had these tapes man <laughs> of like me interviewing my little brother or oh. um, when he was like 3 or something and i I don't, I don't have them anymore i don't think but anyway i've always been obsessed with that of just like look you can take 20 minutes record something and then <clears throat> you know, 40 years later, that's going to be gold. For yeah. Me. And so the podcast kind of came out of that because there, it, it, it sort of satisfies a little bit of that for me of just sure. like, cause like you and I have conversations all the time. That's right. And then sometimes I'm like, we should be recording this, <laughs> you know, just yeah. for, just for my, yeah. Cause like if no one else listens, the yeah. two of you out there, <laughs> because like, imagine, you know, we're in our mid forties, you know, we'll probably live another 40 years ish. <clears throat> Imagine 40 years from now in the year 2057 and we get flying cars. We get to listen (laughs) to this to this conversation. You know, there's going to be some interest from me anyway about like what we're Erdo and I talking about. So I think that this this playback function, this recording of everything would it would be, I, I don't know, I just think pretty cool. Yeah, totally. I just think the same way that you cannot post a YouTube video with people showing them in a bad light without them probably trying to sue you in certain certain cases. You probably have to be, there probably be all sorts of guidelines like, no, you can't show me to your therapist or to the cops without my consent or whatever, you know. Yeah. There, there's probably things like that that would come about. But, but right, so that, I forgot that's what we're talking about. Um, so anyway, I've been recording stuff my whole life and sometimes I'll be in public uh-huh. and you know, and I'll be, I'll just be recording. I'm not like purposely recording a random yeah. person, but they happen to just be in right. the frame and they'll come up to me and say like, you don't have permission to film me, get out of my face. Right. And I'm not in their face. I'm just like right. recording and I'm not even recording them. They just happen to be incidental. Right. And I've actually looked up the laws and if you're in a public place, you can, for the most part, you can film pretty much anything you want. There's no, it's a myth that like you need p- people's permission for your own home videos. Do you no, know absolutely. I, mean? I think it's more like if if you're going to be using that for something that's like other people are going to see it, it's going to have some legal implications, but it's going to have some like, financial implications. Like there, there are plenty of movies and TV shows where they will shoot on the streets of New York City 
and they don't get everyone's permission. They don't get yeah. anyone's permission. They're just they're just shooting a show, and you happen to be there. There's there's just certain laws that it's just like because essentially, if you needed everyone's permission, yeah, it would it would bring certain media. Certain media, you know, areas to a halt because yeah. you know you're, you're filming on the street for the news. You've got to like run after everyone and get all their get their permission. It's like you're in a public place. I know, and, but this is this is different, right? Because you are in an intimate location. The other person doesn't know that they're being filmed, or they don't necessarily know. Yeah, and then you're using that in some ways that could have legal ramifications. Right. and like I'm that. sure you know yeah. there would be, of course, they yeah. have to figure all that out, but. Um, so so yeah, um, I think the the most important thing for this is for self awareness to be able to record everything that you've ever done, yeah, and particularly the important moments for decades. I think that the ability to enhance your self awareness would just be tremendous. You know, I've recorded, for instance, lots of video over the years. I've been keeping a journal for the most part since I was thirteen, fourteen years old. And the ability to go back and watch actual, like, intimate moments that I've had in my life. Or when I was 20, I spent, like, an hour just staring into a shitty video camera with a big VCR tape, you know, <laughs> and just talking. And sometimes it's, I can't, it's hard to watch, but when you watch it, I'm just like, oh, interesting. That's, yeah, there's like, I can <laughs> see where that came from, and I can see how that evolved into who I am now. Interesting. And I can also see like, boy, that's just kind of a, a worse version of me today. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, what, what I just said there is, is that's still in me. Like uh-huh. that's ugly what I just saw. Uh-huh. And you know, that's, I'm still like that. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and to see it in black and white, cause when we filter all those things, all, you know, memories through our head, we are biased and narcissistic about ourselves, and we'll, right. we'll, we'll color it in Clean a way it. Yeah, to make it look palatable to us. But when you actually watch actual things you've been through, I have like a, a year's worth of audio recordings of my therapy sessions. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Like that I, I used to take my recorder and record the whole hour. Yeah. So that, I, I mean, I haven't gone back on that, but that'd be crazy. And then imagine what you can start doing later with uh, machine learning that tracks across all that media and finds patterns for you. Right. And it tells you, here's how many times you did this. Here's, right. And then it also finds interesting like associations. Did you know that every time you were doing this, three days later, you did this? Right. It's or like, what? every time you said this sort of phrase with this intensity, it generated this response, this response from other people. Yeah. yeah. Just as a small example, I have a video of, of myself in 1995 um, at a party, and it, it, it sort of, a portion of the party ended up in my bedroom, and I'm videotaping, I'm 24 at the time, uh-huh. and I know I'm about to become a therapist, but I'm not in graduate school yet. Ah. I've decided I'm going to be a therapist, but I, I haven't taken any classes yet, and for about an hour, I can tell that I, you know, I have a couple of drinks in me. Let's just put, mm-hmm. let's put it that way. And I'm trying to act like I'm a therapist to my friends. Oh, Because okay. I can't wait to be a therapist. Uh-huh. You know? And so the whole video is me acting like what I think a therapist acts like <laughs> toward all my friends. Like, uh, like Chris Glover is there uh-huh. and like... Are you psych- psychoanalyzing them? <laughs> yeah. 
and it's it's oh my god it is terrible because <laughs> it's a I, i'm acting i'm very confrontational basically the what i thought therapists did was basically uh try to dig people uh try to dig things out of people and then catch them on it uh-huh. and then confront them on it you know like oh well you just said i just uh-huh. caught you you just said that thing which means that you and this and so you better <laughs> you better admit this because i'm an analyst and i just figured it out you know what I mean? <laughs> and that is like, like the opposite <laughs> it's the opposite of therapy i mean it's basically like a nazi interrogator or something <laughs> it's not therapy and and it's and so you know the insight there is wow how stupid i was but the only i'm not i wasn't stupid i was just that's what culture was telling me what therapy was through tv and movies and yeah i mean like we've we've had conversations before it's like it's the shrewd guy with a beard and the german accent right. sitting there in the dark and he knows what's up and he he makes all these little comments but he knows that you're really missing mama's titties right <laughs> yeah I mean, that's why people frequently, not so much anymore, but in the past would say, would, when they would find out what I did for a living, they would say, are you analyzing me right now? It's because <laughs> there's, this, there's this notion that that's all therapists do. Is, yeah. And by analyzing, they, they mean what I did, which is trying to uncover things and then interpret and then slam them for that. And so this gives me empathy for people at that stage. When I am teaching students and they say, they indicate uh, that they that they think they know what therapy is, but they don't. I have empathy for that because I totally was like that. But if I didn't have this video, I don't think I would even know how ignorant I was. Hmm. Because, you know, you just sort of in your head go, well, haven't I always known this? You right. Know? But when you see in black and white or color TV that you clearly did not know something, it it helps you to understand that it's normal to not know something. So... Um, that makes sense. What are the downsides to having this grain in your head? Well, so, you know, there is this uh, ability that we have to condense things, and we condense them based on what's most, well, what we've determined, what determined in various auto- autonomic ways was most relevant. So, you know, an accident, we save that really well, or some very emotional moment, some very big memory. When, when daddy came home from the war that day, I remember, you know, those kind of things. Um <clears throat> And there is something romantic, like poetic about that, because instead of having to remember, like imagine if it were the opposite, like somehow our brains were, were made to r- record linearly, linearly, linear, linearly, 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 without preference. And so that to remember, we literally had to be like, <laughs> okay, wait, then, then I was eating the bread. Then, no, that's, then I put the bread down. Then I grab the knife. It's like, imagine how stupid that would be, right? How unromantic. So there is some value, uh, to how we remember. That said, it could, you could, as long as you could have these very powerful search tools and maybe you could, you know, like, like you could bookmark something. Yeah. And like, show me the best, you know, show me the best of us. Because otherwise you really, and, and then even then though, when you see the actual reality, it's still not as romantic as your memory. Right. So I, I see the pluses and minuses. The fact that you can have a literal replay of every single thing makes it so that you can't actually lie to yourself. And that's yeah. both good and bad. <laughs> yeah. There, there's a ton of bad things that I could think of that are worse than that even, which is 
it would potentially interfere with you interacting with the world. Yeah. You know, you're, you can play back like all these memories and you might get perhaps a little obsessed with it. Yeah. And, you know, it'll cut you off the same way that screens do today, but this is in your head. You know? Yeah. And, you know, and we've, we've drawn up barriers on bad memories and uh, maybe defensive ways to remember things. And sometimes those could be bad, but sometimes they might be good. And, and when we have access to the raw trauma yeah. and we as humans get addicted to replaying that trauma, imagine, like you're saying, I'm at home and like, Berto, what'd you do last night? I replayed that, you know, that December thing that I told you. I replayed it again. Yeah. And like, I'm always replaying these abusive moments because I'm addicted to them. Right. There's a reason functionally why we can't remember every single thing that's happened to us. I yeah. mean, part of it is just the brain's capacity. But another part of it is the healing or functional effect of of smearing the past a little bit. Yeah. Um there are people who have disorders who they can't, you know, they remember a lot more than other people. Yeah. And on some ways, it's a neat parlor trick in that they can say exactly what they were doing five years ago on this on the same day. But in another in other ways, it's terrible because they can remember every bad thing that's ever happened to them. Yeah. And that's hard, you know. And you know, I know for myself that when something bad happens to me, or someone is mean to me, or someone hurts my feelings. For a span of time, you know, one, two days, I'm going to be in a bad way. I'm going to be in a bad spot. Yeah. I'm going to have lots of negative interpretations of it. I'm going to start thinking about making rash decisions. And it has a physical effect on you. Yeah, my adrenaline's going to be gone. My, I'm going to be in a, you know, a state of shock almost. But then over time, without doing anything, you know, you know maybe I'll talk about it, but maybe yeah. I won't. Even if I, even if I don't do any processing, uh, a couple weeks later... I'll I'll remember it, but it won't have the same effect on me yeah. because it's it's like it's smeared, you know, it's blurry now. Time time heals all wounds, but if if it if you can reopen the wound constantly, then time can't heal anything. <laughs> right. Also, sp more specifically, if you were able to see all your past relationships, your past romantic relationships, it would be hard to move on. You know, if if you're Although it, I could see it going both ways because sometimes people romanticize their That's past true. relationship. And if you could rewatch the terrible moments, it might actually help you to actually, oh, that's right. You know, yeah. um, you could even like delete the good moments and, <laughs> and only keep the bad moments or um, something. Yeah, that's an interesting one. For example, um, I had a relationship many, many years ago where I got, um, this is back when sending uh, nude photos on electronic devices was new. Yeah. But unsolicited, I got a whole bunch of photos from this person. Yeah. And they were very, very graphic. Yeah. I didn't ask for them. I wasn't actually that turned on by it. It was like... I thought you asked me to send those to you. Oh, damn it. You caught me. Um, I let's, let's play back. Let's play back. I'm pretty sure you said... <laughs> yeah, play back. Kirk, will you please send me... <laughs> send news. Yeah. But anyways, but, but you know, the thing is, after, after our relationship ended, I thought, you know, the right thing to do is to delete these. Yeah. And I deleted all but two. <laughs> but I deleted all the worst, like the most graphic ones. They're all gone. Okay. And I didn't delete them in that, like they're in a delete folder. So, no, no, I, I wiped them out digitally. Yeah. So, 
years later, I sometimes regret it, you know, because you know, I'm, I'm a curious human being. I'm like, what did she look like? You know, <laughs> and I have like two that are very tame in comparison, but it's like, all right, I probably did the right thing. You know, it's just, it's every now and then I'm like, ah, God damn it. <laughs> right. And, you know, they kind of show that in this, in this episode. Yeah. Imagine every partner, sexual partner you've ever had has every single sexual encounter they had with you recorded yeah to 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 view whenever they want and to, to show, show to anyone on their family reunions yeah um so well, let me tell you about it. watch oh yeah. yeah or your spouse uh you know that there are other people that have videos of your spouse right you know like right. that's not gonna go so well it's anyway. like you you know uh meredith oh yes i know meredith <laughs> So let's talk about the show. I, I thought this is a great episode. In some ways, it was my favorite of the first season. They laid out the story really well. Again, watch the episode because yeah. if we're going to spoil it, um, the way they don't overemphasize the tech, you know, this is the first of that style of, because of, they have a lot more in this style where it looks very similar to our life now. And, and you can tell that the tech has already integrated itself in the society it's sort of like when cell phones first came out you know you're just you know it was very novel but now cell phones are ubiquitous you know right. grandparents have cell phones and using apps and you know texting and it's all just ubiquitous and so you can tell in this world that these grains are ubiquitous like there's no no one's acting funny around it it's just like a part of their life and other episodes are like this too where it's just like yeah it's just a part of their life whereas Typically, when people make movies and TVs along these lines, they, they make it very novel. <laughs> you know, they sort of, they, they, because we consider it novel, they make the story consider right. it novel. But I think the most important emotional storytelling element of this episode is the way they depicted jealousy. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the whole plot. Yeah. But they really depicted it well, right? Right. He's starting to pick up on these little things. But as a viewer, you're like, oh, don't. You're, you're reading into it. Yeah, you don't know? pick at that wound. Don't do that. Well, not only the wound, but there's no wound. You're yeah. making a wound. Yeah. You know, you're, you're paranoid. You, you know, because they're, they're very subtle, like, noticing things. Well, because he's like, what was she, like, that look she gave. You know, yeah. Like, that, don't look into that. But it's like, you know, he, so he's at a party and he starts getting paranoid about his wife being attracted to this other guy. Right. And it's, and it's when you're watching it, it's, it's pretty borderline, you know, you're just like, eh, I don't know. And if you played back, like if, if anybody went to a party and you searched for anything in there to be jealous about, you could probably find something. And so that was kind of the initial point seemingly to me was like, if you have this ability to play back, it actually is not, good for your life and that it makes you overly paranoid, you know, yeah. because again, in your head, if you can't play it back, you could be like, well, I think she was being kind of flirty with him, but nah, she yeah. wouldn't do that. You know <laughs> what I mean? But you know, he can play that back, but they really showed the descending into paranoia and they really created a dilemma. You know, <clears throat> you empathize, you empathize with him. Well, so, you know, fast forward again, spoiler alert, she is having a. She did have an affair with right. him, but she had sex with an ex lover of hers, 
during a time when he had left the house for five days after a fight. Yeah. And on day four, she was really upset. She couldn't find him. And she called up this old fling to get a drink with just to talk. They get drunk. One thing led to another and they had sex (laughs) just to talk. (laughs) And, and she's, and she's, so the dilemma is really set up really well in that she cheated on him and she lied about it, but she, she's clearly upset and remorseful. Yep. Um, and it was just once, and it was after he was gone for five days. Yeah, and his his normal, like the suspicions he was having were misdirected. Right. You know? Like, meaning, it's like he was right for the wrong reasons. <clears throat> right. Yeah. And, well, and but maybe not. I mean, she might actually still kind of be attracted to him. You know? Yeah. But there's, there's nothing wrong with, you know, having a minor crush on, right. or a minor kind of attraction to an old, you know, partner or something. But... So you can definitely see his side. She did cheat on him. She lied about it over and over and over again. But you can see kind of her side. Or just like you know, he was gone for five days. It was just once. She was drunk, and the, but on the other side, on his side, their baby could be his child, right? Because you know he didn't wear a condom, and so you just don't you know what's the right answer to that? You know, did he do the right thing? Because because he they skip forward, but essentially they get divorced. Yeah. And uh, we don't know what happens, but he's alone and depressed. Did he do the right thing, Berto? Um, well, given that they have access to this technology, um, I'm not going to question whether he did the right thing by using the technology because it's like, you know, it'd be really hard to imagine that people wouldn't. But I guess what I'm going to say is that uh, you you need to be aware in that situation that you have, because you have access to that information doesn't mean that that represents the current present state of both people. Like it's like, you know, something bad happened. So I would have applied the same thing that would have applied if you didn't have the recording. Let's say she just told you, or you found the letter. Let's say you found the letter like, Oh, I loved having sex with you, blah, 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 blah. And it's from, you know, when, when it happened, it's not a recording. It's just a letter. Same thing applies. Do you at that point choose to, you know, scorched earth? Like that's the end of the relationship or do you actually try to like work something out? Um, I think that from my perspective, he let his, he let himself descend into a, into a downward spiral where he couldn't get out of. Yeah. I've helped couples recover from much worse than this. And not to say that he should have gone down that road because there's, there's no right or wrong answer to it. Um, but on the scale of the transgressions <coughs> that happen in the lifetime of any couple, it was actually pretty minor. Yeah. Again, given the fact that he was gone for five days. Yeah. I mean, imagine if your spouse, you get a big fight, your spouse disappears for five days. I would think, okay, we're done. You know, like yeah. uh, it's over, you know? So the cheating was in that context. And anyway, uh, but, you know, I can't ever tell people that they do the right or the wrong thing. All right. The moral of the story to me is that if he didn't have that grain, he never would have known about the affair because he never would have been able to pick up on all these little subtle things. And he never would have seen because when he gets to the guy and he replays it and then he sees it on the screen and he's like, oh, actually... I could see on one of your videos that she, you were in my mm-hmm. room recently while I was out of town or something. And so um, if he didn't have the grain, he never would have known about the affair and he'd still be living in ignorant bliss is the implication. And so 
the moral of the story is is that when you introduce this kind of technology, it's going to create situations that just wouldn't have happened before because there was documented proof that yeah. cheating had occurred because all the you know the the Jonas guy and his wife you know all they had to do was just say no it never happened yeah you know there's no proof how are you ever going to prove that sort of thing um, also if he didn't have the grain the the memory thing he'd be able to move on quicker because the memories would slowly fade I mean they they show the end of the movie he's just replaying all this footage of his wife yeah. <laughs> and like all this terrible stuff and then of course at the end of this show he pulls out the grain. I feel like part of what what that shows is something we already see with cell phones and with a few other the tech we have is that we haven't evolved to handle this tech. It's not like we had a million years to like self-select the ones that could not obsess over the phone at night or something. And so same thing with this is like there's no way that would come so soon and so fast. There's no way people would be ready for that. Yeah. So whether it's quote unquote right or wrong, we're going to have a really hard time dealing with it as, yeah. as humans. The, the funny thing is right now, we basically have a version of that technology. Yeah. We could all be walking around with tiny little video cameras. Yeah. Like, on, on, like Google Glass was one example of that, but there are others where we could be recording all the time. Like, for instance, I just don't see this happening even though we have the technology because it just seems creepy, but... You could be re- you could be recording at all time, and then when something significant happens, you could like press a button and say save the last fifteen minutes. Yeah, and you know it's always dumping memory. You yeah. know it's never it's never saving. But then when something happens, you could be like, oh, I want to save this. So you yeah. just press this button, saves the last fifteen minutes. Similar to how it happens when when a. When we're having a bad situation or a very important situation and our brain's like, oh, oh, oh okay, let's Remember. keep this around. Yeah. <laughs> it's also similar, I think, to car dash cams. Yeah. They, I think they operate they that do way, too. That, yeah. um, and so we basically have the technology to do this now. Yeah. It's uh, not as sleek, but... Yeah. Um, and one flip side is that on an average day, it's going to be boring as hell. Right. Yeah. The... the, the <laughs> <laughs> Except for that. <laughs> uh, the last thing that I, I liked about this that I'll say is that when he pulled the grain out, a long hair-like tether came out with uh, it. Yeah. Because I, I hate it when they depict brain interface technology and all it is is like on the surface of the brain. Right. And it involves all sorts of functions of the brain. Mm-hmm. And so to truly have that kind of functionality, you would have to have a way of interacting with a lot of the brain, yeah. you know? And so uh, I appreciated it. It was gross as yeah. he's pulling out this thing. But anyway. I, I, I also, in all fairness, I, I feel like he wouldn't have been able to do that without surgery. <laughs> well, by implication, actually... He might have injured himself because the, yeah. the screen goes black. Yeah, know? that's true. But anyway. All right. Well, that does it for that long-ass episode where we talk about Black Mirror. We'll talk about season two season and then two. maybe season three another time. Thanks for joining us out there. Please take care of yourself because... You deserve it.